0: Hi, I'm Charlie Day and you're listening to the Sales is Easy podcast. I audaciously claim that sales is easy if you just know how, and I am here to show you how. On this podcast, I'm gonna be talking all things sales, getting more leads, following up, closing the sale down, upselling, downselling. I'm gonna be chatting to people about their business and how they do sales, different strategies and different opinions. So let's get started and let's get selling. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sales is Easy podcast. I have got the fabulous Taylor Smith with me today. Um, Taylor Smith runs Taylor Smith & Co. and she's a business consultant. She says, I connect your vision to a strategy that maximizes your profits. (laughs) Sounds like my sort of a girl. I'm so excited. Hello and welcome, Taylor. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to be here. No worries at all. I'm excited for this conversation. So tell me what was your journey into business?
1: Yeah, so my journey started, I guess. Well, I started a long time ago. My career started a very long time ago. The I'm my background is I'm a chartered accountant. So I started off in corporate and started very junior level finance, basically. And I worked my way up. I studied really hard. I qualified as a chartered accountant. And I worked my way up to finance director of three UK companies. And two of those companies, we grew to over a million. One of them, we grew to over 400 million. And it was incredible, like being on the board of directors, strategizing, coming up with all these different ideas and watching the businesses grow. Was amazing and I loved my job. The only thing was the sacrifice was my personal life. It was quite a demanding role, obviously, you know, the stakes were high. And it just felt like I didn't have a personal life, really. I was lucky enough to have one son who is now a toddler, crazy toddler. (laughs) But then I actually ended up miscarrying our second child. And it was after the miscarriage that I just had to pull back and really assess how I was spending my time and what was most important to me. And for me, that was my freedom and flexibility to be able to just, you know, at the drop of a hat, stay with my son if he's having a bad day or if I'm having a bad day. And you can't really do that working for someone else because you know you've got teams relying on you they've got to continue running it's completely understandable but it was no longer working for me so I decided okay I'm going to start my own business consultancy firm because I love doing it I love you know making a difference to businesses and helping the growth that's what I thrive in But I know I can do that for other businesses and on my terms. So I stepped out of corporate and that's how Taylor Smith & Co was created. So now I'm helping business owners grow their businesses. And it's amazing. I I absolutely love it. I mean, yeah, it's it's fantastic.
0: (laughs) I'm always in awe of anybody who's like worked their way up the corporate. I have never had a real job, Taylor. So... (laughs) Seems like very fancy to me. I'm like, oh, that sounds fancy. I just got like visions of people swanning around London with like coffee cups and it's all very glamorous and I've not been a part of it. But then people come on my podcast and tell me that they wanted to leave. So I figure I shouldn't, I shouldn't go and join it. But no, that is the great thing about running your own business, isn't it? The, the freedom and flexibility it allows And you just, this is why I could never be employed by anyone because I've never had a boss. Or could you imagine someone being like, right, Charlie, you need to do this? I'd be like, says who? I'm not doing that. Exactly. And you
1: know what? I, because I grew up thinking I've got to work my way up to the top. That's what I've got to do. I've got to go get a job and I've got to work my way up. I was so narrow minded in what. I thought I could achieve, and that to me was the only road. If you were to say to me now, Taylor, go and go and in, as a peer, an employee and work for someone, I think I'd have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> why do this to me? So you saying uh, you know you've never had a proper job? Like I completely understand why. Like now, in you know running my own business, I get it. Before, if you'd asked me in employment, I'd have been like why not like it's just what you do um so I completely
0: resonate with that now completely I bet it was scary though coming out of that like you had this place where you'd worked up you're probably quite well respected you had a decent wage that was definitely going to come in and then to to leave all that behind and jump ship I bet that was quite scary
1: Really scary, really scary. Because like you said, that the certainty, you know, of having a guaranteed income. It doesn't matter if you go on holiday, it doesn't matter if you're sick, like or whatever's going on, you will be paid. And yeah, it was such a good wage. Like, I mean, I was very well paid and it was great. It was a big, it was a big leap. But luckily for me, and I do feel so grateful that my husband is just so supportive. And in fact, like growing up, I guess me and him were almost kind of opposites. He's more like a hippie and, you know, would happily go live in a shack in the middle of the woods and live off the land. (laughs) And I was always the other way. And he just said to me, Taylor, look, if this isn't for you right now or if you're not happy right now, it doesn't matter. All of that other stuff, it just doesn't matter. We'll make it work. And so he, with his backing, it kind of gave me that extra boost and that extra courage and also my son as well because – You know, I feel like everything. I don't know if this is, I imagine a lot of parents believe, you know, it's all for them anyway. So I I look at him and I just think if I can just spend more time with him, that's what matters most. So it was definitely scary. But yeah, it was a calculated scary and just went for it.
0: And so how do you manage? This is something I have struggled with since, because I actually had a business first and then the baby came second. So when the two were alongside each other, I was like, I don't know how this is going to work. But like a lot of people come out of their corporate job because of the baby. So how do you manage that? Because it's still quite hard, isn't it?
1: It's still so tough. So, so tough. And I respect any parent who is trying to juggle both. And it feels like it's not even just the child and the The business, it's the household, it's the husband or the partner or whatever, it's everything else as well. But it is hard. I'm a lot of help from family. Again, I'm so grateful to my family that give me support. Nursery, it's a (laughs) lifesaver. I don't know why I didn't. Well, I do know why I didn't put him in earlier. But I'm so glad I've put him in. Him in now. That's amazing. And just being really strict with my time as well. So. I'm almost to the point where it's a little bit rigid, but that means that if I can keep on top of everything, if something does go wrong, i.e. the child gets ill, which feels like over winter, it happens all the time, you can be flexible and you you can park things. Another thing that I did do to try and help manage that, and it might not be for everyone, but I have started waking up at 5 a.m. I have Taylor, read.
0: I of a girl. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I read that <laughs> book because I always say, you know, could always find an extra hour in the day. Just wake up an an hour early, and people get so cross with me and say it's not realistic. But it's magic, isn't it?
1: Do you know what it really is? And I, I am not a morning person whatsoever. You can ask my husband. You know, don't talk to me because you're not going to get a response. I just, I'm in the zone. Just leave me alone. But it was the only way I could find to get those extra couple of consistent hours to get the key things done. And it's it's life-changing for me. It's like even if you don't like early mornings, give it the 66 days. And, you know, once it becomes more of a habit, before you know it, you just think, oh, yeah, I always feel really good once I get up early. Like you feel like you're ahead of everything. So that's also definitely
0: helped. And actually so productive during those hours. I mean, I do do other things that aren't business related at first, but if I find I've got overspill, then I know, okay, well, I'll do half an hour on this tomorrow morning. And actually the half an hour in the morning is like you're two hours in an afternoon. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. So,
1: so true. You're so focused. It's it's incredible, the difference, because you're right, if I was, to do start something, a piece of work now, it definitely would take me longer than it would first thing morning. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Do, do you start work at 5am or do you have a morning routine first?
1: So I have a morning routine. And only recently, when I first started, I was working out in the first 20 minutes or whatever. And then I was like, oh, no, I can't do this anymore. I can't work out this early in the morning. But now I've started it again. And oh, my goodness, I feel so much better. So I do a small workout. I have my morning tea. I do my my gratitude. I I wouldn't say I'm at meditation yet, but I'm on that journey. I'm very new to this you know spiritual side and loving it, but i I practice gratitude and I do some journaling, and I just kind of lay out what I want to achieve for the day so and then I get started.
0: I think we sound quite similar. I'm not that like, woo, but after do like after doing a morning routine for a while, you're like, oh, actually, I could probably get on board with some meditation right now." <laughs>
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm edging that way. I definitely feel like I'm edging that way. I don't know enough about it, I am uh, probably. And I, I think I would need to kind of, I don't know, you know, there's a way to do it and to benefit from it. But I, I definitely feel like I'm slowly edging towards that spiritual side. And I've followed some people and some things that they say just really like hits me. And I just think, oh, yeah, I can see what you're saying with that. So who knows? Maybe I'll
0: be onto the meditation soon. <laughs> I have started cold water dipping for 2024. So I've got one of these cold pods. And in my head, I was like, oh, 5 a.m. After my workout, costume on, in, I go, Taylor, it is so cold. It is so cold. I make myself do it three times a week because I've committed myself to this, but I can't do it in the morning. I'm like, it'll warm up during the day and I'll do it the I've been saying to my husband, in like June, July, August, so I might be able to do it at 5 a.m., but not now not now
1: oh my goodness
0: like hats off to you that is incredible that is that is I try and do something every single year that pushes my mindset to a new level so I ran the London Marathon 2021 last year I quit drinking which is hard because I enjoy a glass of wine and then this year it's cold water dipping Oh my goodness, that's amazing. So, have you stopped drinking completely forever now? Or- no, 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 no. I just. just- <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, good on you. <laughs> I'm good with the target. This is what I found out about myself. I, I Do you know what? It's a similar thing. I could see a point in my life where I don't drink because. So much less procrastination happens. You sleep better. You feel better. I found not drinking addictive. I loved it. I I did contemplate continuing, but I had so many times when I was just like, I'm just 35 and I enjoy a glass of wine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think the thing that I do differently now is is I I don't like drink on a Thursday night randomly at home. It's much more you know every now and again for a special treat so it's definitely cut back but I, I have reintroduced wine to my life I like it
1: yeah no good for you and so you should but
0: at least doing that
1: process like you said you've cut back and you still feel great but you can still enjoy it as well so
0: it's and great it's about balance. knowing that you can as well knowing that you you can do anything that you put your mind to Yeah,
1: so true oh wow amazing oh I'm looking forward to see what you do next year then yeah. I know we've only but I feel like it could be anything
0: I think you should be more looking forward to if I manage to consistently get in a cold pot because at the moment I can last about 20 seconds and I'm like <laughs> how long are you supposed to be in there for it seems everyone's got a bloody cold tub on the internet and they're all in there doing this deep breathing, which I've tried. I think I might need to like go on a course or something. I've <laughs> tried deep breathing, but honestly, if you get in water that cold, it takes your breath away. So you're like Shh. and I'm like, no, you've got to breathe, Charlie. But it's it's a real mindset task getting in cold water. Wait, wow, that's
1: amazing. Good on you. That's amazing. That sounds like my worst nightmare, And but good on you.
0: <laughs> right, let's talk about this then. Growth, wealth, freedom. Yes, Taylor, I want it all. What are the biggest mistakes you see business owners making?
1: The biggest mistake is them thinking they have to do absolutely everything themselves and almost Running themselves into the ground. Now, I get it. Starting a business is hard and, you know, funds might be tight. So you feel like you, you know, you start off doing everything because you can't afford to pay anyone to do something. So it does all fall on you. But I think having the ability to know actually when it's more beneficial to outsource or delegate or something, have a software invest, invest in something or someone to help take the load because your time as, you know, the leader of the business can often be better spent than in some of the tasks that some business owners are doing. So mm. some admin tasks, some bookkeeping tasks, some, marketing tasks you know get professional in or, or there's agencies out there nowadays so many things and tools are at our fingertips and I just feel like business owners can get so wrapped up in trying to you know generate money and all of these sorts of things and conscious of not spending money so that they can try and make more money when actually you know investing is probably a better way to make money and time that's probably what I would say is the biggest thing that I see
0: I get a lot of people saying to me I don't know what to delegate Mm. what would your advice be there
1: I would say you need to look at all of your tasks and do uh, I'm actually putting together a little sheet on this a one-pager where you can identify what your strengths are based on your previous success does it come naturally to you? Is it something that excites you? And is it something you're good at basically? So you can assess all of the tasks that you do based on this guidance that I'm going to be providing. And if it's something you are really good at, you've had really good su- success with, something you think about, something that you know comes naturally to you, then that's more than likely going to be a strength. So go for it. It's, you know, it will light you up. It's your passion. But if it's something you think, oh my goodness, I hate doing this every single month. Like I'll give a really good example. Bookkeeping is a really good one because it's so, it's, you know, it's well known that people don't like doing their own books. They hate doing it. You know, it's something they're not particularly good at, but they know it needs to be done. Outsource it. Outsource it. There are businesses out there that will be able to do that job quicker than you better than you probably and it frees you up to do to focus on other areas maybe it's sales maybe it's automation whatever it is that you might be thinking that you need to focus on yeah that task that you absolutely can't stand or takes you forever look and see if you can get a system or someone else to 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 do it for you
0: yeah, it was tech for me. Tech was the first thing that I outsourced because it would literally take me like half a day to figure mm. out how to do like a waitlist page. And it takes my VA like two minutes. Yeah. And you just think like, it's such a waste of your time. And even when I realized that like my first VA was like 25 pounds an hour or whatever. And I was like, and she's like, yeah, that took me one hour. I was like, it literally took me away week. <laughs> Exactly. And
1: it's so true. And even if you don't think you've got a massive project or maybe you don't have a massive launch or whatever it is, there will be lots of little things that will be taking up your time. And even if you document them over a week and kind of understand what is taking up all of your time. Maybe the answer is, you know, get a VA and they can take several little tasks off you. It might not just be one big massive task, but yeah, no, that's, that's, yeah, exactly. I mean, £25 an hour, like, save you all the stress and grief and everything.
0: Yeah, And you can ultimately make £25 an hour selling the thing that you're really good at and the thing that you're passionate about rather than doing the thing that you hate. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think such a mistake is people just thinking they have to do it all, they have to learn it all. How could you possibly, how could you possibly learn every single thing that a business owner needs to know? You couldn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly.
1: Exactly. And you don't need to, you don't need to know all of this stuff. Like I, I don't know where this even comes from because I feel like it's something as you're growing up, I don't know, you feel like you have to be be everything. If you're the business owner, you must know the ins and outs of every single thing. That's not necessarily the case. Yes, you need an understanding, but you don't have to know the ins and outs and details of every single thing. And actually the wisdom comes in knowing what you don't need to do, what you don't need to spend time on. That's when you can start making some better choices, better decisions.
0: Do you think it's a female thing?
1: Good question.
0: I'm um, just thinking like around the house. So like, oh, um, I'll, I'll do the cooking, I'll do the so cleaning, I'll do the washing, I'll do everything, and then in my business, I'll do everything as well. And then later on, I'll have a nervous breakdown, but I'll be fine, honestly. You know what?
1: Possibly because we do. I. Do, I mean, I can only talk for myself, and i have definitely been guilty of this in the past, feeling like. I do need to be on top of everything. This is all of my, this is my role and I do need to be on top of everything. And if I ask for help, that must mean that I can't do it. And admitting that makes me feel not good enough. I've definitely been guilty of that in the past. So possibly, yeah.
0: I think not enough people talk about it as well, because I'm the queen of outsourcing, like even in my house. I I don't do a lot around my house. And I don't say that in a lazy way. But I I say it in like, my time is best spent elsewhere, not doing the washing up, chatting to people, making money. (laughs) And I, I've become the queen of that. But I remember so clearly, I watched an interview with somebody in the online space and they said like, oh, how do you do it all with a with the child? So I've got a seven-year-old who's got autism and ADHD. So he's very, very busy. And, and so this woman was getting interviewed and she was like, how do you do it all with a child? And I was like, listening for the answer. Like, tell me, please, I want to know the answer to this. And she was like, you just have to be really, really organized. And I was like, bullshit. Like, <laughs> you've got a nanny, you've got a cleaner, you are- outsourcing things you're not just being super super organized and then you can be the queen of it all so I remember thinking I'm gonna tell people I've got a cleaner I've got somebody who does my ironing I've got a nanny like I have got loads of help and yes I've managed to build a really successful business but only because I've been able to outsource lots of things and have lots of help like you were saying earlier as well and it feels great to like give money to those people give a job to those people so that that they can do what they love as well exactly
1: exactly and you you're right you are giving money to people that enjoy working for you you enjoy having them it's a win-win that no one loses in that scenario like absolutely I can't believe that interview that you watched talk about a kick to the gut for
0: everyone (laughs) else it's it's, it's like thanks (laughs) 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 let's talk about profitability One thing that I find when it comes to sales is that people just aren't, it's not even like they're not profitable. They don't know their numbers. They don't know how much they're turning over, how much they turned over last year, last month, whatever. And it's a really big problem from a sales point of view. You know, I am not an accountant. That's not my bag. But from a sales point of view, you've got to be on top of your numbers. You've got to know this information. Do you find the same with your clients?
1: Absolutely. And actually, numbers is the thing that most business owners hate to look at. Avoid like the plague, you know, and also with my background in accounting as well. Like so many you, you know, you say you're an accountant and you see people's faces gloss over. Because Run a mile. Just, like that's not for me. <laughs> Run is true. It's, it happens. And it is it is a serious problem, I think. I think there's so it. It looks worse than what it is. And I think there's this almost stigma around numbers and spreadsheets and, you know, everyone jokes about the accountant and stuff, but actually it doesn't have to be that hard, even if you just know the key figures, but you must know them. If you're a business owner, you have to know them. Mm. You have to know your sales, like you said, but so many business owners completely ignore their costs. You could be making millions in sales and you could still be losing money. Like it's it's possible it happens like so you have to be aware of your costs and your profit it's so important and also as much as you look at driving sales up you can be strategic with your costs as well look at what you're spending look at the software you've got is there a way to you know collate software or whatever it is to get more bang for your buck there's different things that you can look at to try and reduce the cost to make more money so yeah you're right they everyone avoids it's not everyone that's a very sweeping statement many business owners avoid the numbers but it doesn't have to be tricky it can be simple
0: and also like if you've only taken a tenner today it doesn't matter get it down know like what's coming in even if it's small amounts because you'll be stepping in the right direction
1: exactly and also timing as well that's another thing I was going to say sorry is is the timing of things I've seen business owners not knowing when things are coming in or coming out of their business in terms of money that is a really really it can be a tricky situation to be in if you don't know when your bills are coming out or when you don't know when you're getting paid so that's another thing I think that's really common that people want to be on top of you know mm-hmm. Money in from your client and make sure you know when your bills are being paid, (laughs) because cash cash is king, isn't it? Like you need to you need to have the cash.
0: Yeah, and and cash is also cash flow is a a massive killer to a lot of businesses, and and you don't want it to kill your business.
1: Exactly, it's one of the biggest reasons. You know, when businesses do go out, it's it's, there's so many cases where it's been because of cash flow. Mm. They've not managed their cash correctly. They've paid out all the supplies. They haven't been tough enough on their. On their customers to get the money in. And it's just a complete mismatch. And so they run out of cash. It's no good.
0: No good. Talk to me about sales, Taylor. I audaciously claim that sales is easy if you just know how. Has that been your experience with the sales in your business?
1: I wouldn't say easy. And, and that is actually, I believe, down to myself. Actually, I know that my attitude to sales has always been oh I don't want to be salesy oh that really puts me off like oh I don't know about that and subconsciously consciously I've held back from conversations and things like that because I don't want to be pushy Mm. and looking at I mean you're you're the expert you'll you'll be able to tell me my view on it is you know coming from that direction is it doesn't do anyone any favors because if I can genuinely help someone, I'm not forcing a sale on someone. I'm providing them an opportunity to buy something that will help them in their their business, in their life. And so I shouldn't hold back from that because then everyone loses. Um, but that's something that I've had to kind of, you know, get my mind around. Not only am I, you know, oh, I'm, I'm going to stop saying this, but coming from an accounting background naturally an introvert you know my happy space used to be very quiet in the corner and and that's it but again that's another thing that was holding me back instead of just putting myself out there I was kind of like oh no I'm not sure like you know oh no so the short answer to your question is no. I wouldn't say it's always pretty easy, but I love your approach.
0: Yeah, and I think I'm glad that you've said this because I think sometimes on this podcast people just say yes you, because that's my messaging, right? And I think so many people feel the exact same way that you have felt, particularly, you know, going from corporate like you did, where you didn't have to sell yourself to be like, Hey, I'm Taylor Smith. You want to buy my business? It's in the same name as me. It's a, a big shift. And I think you're absolutely right that it's like, I see sales more of like an invitation to work with me. I know that I'll be able to change the sales in your business. I know the results that you will have will be like transformative do you want to work with me or not? Like either way, I'm cool, but I just know that this could be massive for you. And I think just it's an invitation to buy. It doesn't need to be sleazy or I hate all of that. Like, ugh, ugh. But ultimately we do have to keep putting the offer out there time and time again for people to see because those, and I, I'm going to say, because it, it's very male sales energy bro markety, pushy, sleazy, run to the back of the roomy type people are overtaking us because they're just consistently getting the message out there. And then we, female business owners over here, obviously I'm I'm sweeping generalization. It's not just men and women, but in general, aren't putting their offer out there. They're just not doing anything. So then our counterparts are just taking over us. So I'm here to say, look, I get it. I don't want to be sleazy or pushy, but we have to ultimately get our offer out time and time again so people will buy from us.
1: Absolutely. And that's why I love your approach because it's it's so right. It is right. And you like you said, you can transform someone's life. So who are you actually not to offer? That? Yeah. Who, who are you to stop that transformation happening? The person might actually really value that and really want that change in their life. So... You know, it's I completely resonate with you know your your approach. It's great,
0: and that might be exactly what they need in that moment. So probably somebody who's listening to this podcast is listening to you, Taylor, and be like, "Oh my gosh, that's what I need." Someone who's going to help me grow and save time and be more profitable. If somebody is listening to this podcast and is thinking that, tell them where can they find you.
1: Yeah, sure. So my website is taylorsmithandco.com which is also the same as my Instagram. I'm on Instagram, Taylor Smith & Co. And on Facebook, it's the same. And also on LinkedIn is Taylor Smith & Co. as well. So any of those avenues, I'd be happy to connect with you.
0: Awesome. I'm going to drop all of those in the show notes. Thank you so much, Taylor. You've been awesome. Thank you so much. Take care.